Hello and welcome everybody to the Six Pixels Under podcast. This is episode 67, so no more 666 being spammed in my YouTube comments. <laughs> and um, yeah, there's a lot to cover on this one, but we're going to try and make it short and compact because there's changes coming to the podcast. So let me get that out of the way first. Um, the first thing that we're going to change with the podcast is it's going to have an intro followed by the roundtable. We thought it's just smarter to get the roundtable out of the way first because the roundtable is, I would say, like a big feature of the podcast. And if I may, it's um, it's the part that I took from uh, Total Biscuits podcast, which I found to be the most inspirational. Rest in peace. But um, I liked that it involved the community because Twitch to me is like a perfect platform for involving the community. And so it made a lot of sense to just have the roundtable first. That way um, people don't come in and then have to leave because I just ranted for like an hour or something like that. So yeah, we're going to get the roundtables out of the way first. And I should say there's no roundtable this week because, yeah, anyway, wow, review, review uh, at the top of the podcast, or I should say recap, not a review of a review, but a recap of the review. And that thing, as you can tell, <laughs> I'm still catching up on sleep. Because I really slaved to get that thing done. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. After we do the roundtables, which are going to have like a hard time limit of 60 minutes. So again, if you guys want to get in, get involved in the roundtable. Maybe it's a question about does PVE work if it's only instanced or, you know, like just as an example. There will also be a game development section of the podcast. That's a new addition. And as you guys remember from the last podcast, if you watched, um, that's going to be a big feature now. Um, since we are starting development, uh, communal, you know, volunteer work development. I hate to say like development as it sounds like super serious and shit, but um, we're starting, you know, the process on a project, a community project, an RPG in Unity. And I want to have a section dedicated to that to talk about it, to talk about maybe inspirations I've seen in other games, to talk about certain mechanics, and, you know, talk about more specific game development um, topics. So not the usual, here's the news, because I was thinking, and I can, I can be honest with you guys, because I'm always honest with you guys. I don't really like covering the news that much, if, if it isn't apparent to me. Like, people make fun of me in the comments, because they'll say, like, Oh, dude, nice of you to talk about this like seven months later. And it's like, you know what? Um, if it takes seven months for me to collect my thoughts, then I'm going to take seven months to collect my thoughts. It doesn't always mean that I should force myself to just have a reaction and react to something, right? And so uh, I'm not going to do news, really. But I am going to bring Card, who's already um, involved in the community, as you guys know, a moderator on our Discord and also... A big help for direction in um, the podcast. He's going to have a little, I'm not sure how long it's going to be yet. I'm sure he'll, he will tell you a little section where he just rapid fires through the news because I feel like he's much better suited to rapid fire through news than I am. And um, so he'll have his own little segment to do that. And then that way we can still have some news coverage, you know, um, since we are a premier MMO YouTube channel, which is a meme because there's like none of us basically there's only like a couple of us anyway but hey we're the premiere of the of the non-existent uh audience <laughs> oh 
What's going on there, guys? I haven't said hello to y'all. I saw uh, Kyun, I saw Hard, Vicarial, I saw I Love You, Lunity, Carlo, what's going on? Simper Pidelis, uh, who am I missing? Yeah, for those listening on SoundCloud, um, if I did mention this at the top already, which I think I did, um, I'm not going to be uploading my podcast to YouTube anymore. There's a couple of reasons for that, but it's primarily centered around the YouTube gods and possibly them affecting my income if I do that. And then also, um, it's just, uh, it's not really made for post-production. You know, I, I don't really like doing post-production because like, as it stands, I'm a, you know, nearly one man, uh, wrecking crew here. It's like, <laughs> I can't clone me, you know, like I can't create more characters, uh, uh so to say. So, <laughs> um, it, it just feels better to, to focus it on Twitch because I want to go after a different audience. I don't just want to have a YouTube audience, even though people say all the time, why don't you just do it on YouTube? Why don't you just do it on YouTube? I don't just want a YouTube audience. I also like my Twitch audience. Like I like how interactive we can be. To me, it seems like it's a better format for a round table. Um, but again, that's just my opinion. <clears throat> yeah, they do, unfortunately, because retention and other things like that. Also, you don't get favorable advertisement and uh, ad suggestions whenever you upload like really long videos that are hard for them to place. So like another bad thing about it. Um, ideally no more than 15 minutes unless a ton of news okay so yeah a 15 minute news segment and then that way we can get to the round table segment which is you know typically a segment people typically like the most um and then the game development segment and then i can have an outro so that's for like the soundcloud use and uh listeners or i should say not just soundcloud because soundcloud is not the only place you can listen to the audio only there's other places soundcloud um i believe it's on itunes is on stitcher as well there's a couple other places maybe i'm missing um so it's not just soundcloud but um for the people who are listening to the audio only i'm going to do the outro but then after that it's going to be the after hours so to say and uh, we'll do rants and then q a then and you guys know i can't stop ranting so it's going to seep its way into the podcast at some point but i'm trying to do the rants after the round table at least <laughs> that way we can get the people in who want to come join the podcast, give their thoughts, because I know some of you are doing it at work, some of you are doing it early in the morning, some of you are doing it super late at night, so it it just makes it more convenient for all of us. Have I considered putting it on Spotify? So I actually was putting it on Spotify previously, but I had to use another uh, host service to do it. So I was like paying for two different host services and like hosting it on two different places. So I have to look into that. I know um, Indigo Gaming, um, a friend of mine, youtuber who just uh started using a, a website called anchor and so i'm not sure if my will fit on there because that was the problem i was having is finding places where my files were fit and also how long they are uh, the podcast will fit but if it does fit and that allows me to get onto all the other platforms as a host then i'll just do that uh, since i don't have to have two or three different hosts shoot i love watching it on youtube where can i find it now i can't always watch it live because the twitch app sucks um, so you can actually watch the VODs, um, the VODs, it, it's funny because you would think I would be like, oh yeah, put it on YouTube and watch the VODs there. Um, cause at least I get some kind of kick kickback from that, but honestly, just watch it, watch the VODs on my channel, um, my Twitch channel. I might try and, you know, save the VODs at some point, but I don't really see the point in saving the VODs because like nobody's going back and watching the old podcast really, you know what I mean? Like, so 
I don't think it matters if Twitch over time deletes the VODs um, because they're going to be uploaded on SoundCloud and all the other audio platforms. So, um, yeah, if you if you wa like watching the video on YouTube, then just watch it on Twitch. You should be able to watch it on um, uh, the Twitch VODs. Can the SoundCloud version go up on Patreon too? Or go to Patreon too? Huh. Uh, what do you mean by that? Does Patreon have a... Um, a platform for hosting podcasts or something or maybe you could be more specific um i'm a bit confused while i'm confused and in confusion though let's get some uh news out of the way i'm gonna rapid fire through some of this stuff because i don't really feel like going too heavy into detail on things that i don't know a lot about but in the news uh tamriel aka good old-fashioned elder scrolls online has added another expansion to the fold and it's obviously not out yet but it was teased and that's the it's called the dark heart of skyrim and it's supposed to be a vampire themed new expansion for the elder scrolls online um go watch the trailer i've heard that it's some new lands a new class um a couple new quests people didn't seem so happy about the amount of content that was being introduced from what i was reading but um Obviously, people are always going to be excited about vampires or like Skyrim. So I'm sure it'll do just fine with that community, the community that's already interested in it, you know. Um, but uh, it does make me think a lot about it. And I know I talk about it. But it makes me think a lot about expansions and really their viability, you know, even as a consumer, their viability, like paying full price for an expansion. After a while, you start to wonder, like, I'm practically buying a new game at this point. This thing better be worth it. So, you know, do they do they price their expansions at 30 bucks, 40, 50 bucks? I think a lot of that really affects your expectation of what content it's going to be offering. But I should say that for the people who um are already interested in the game, they're probably going to buy it anyway, you know? Like I I I find it interesting because whenever I was doing my research on Age of Empires online, there was an executive producer from Microsoft and he he had an interesting like hypothesis and he had some studies, but I'm not going to say it's just set in stone, but he said that when it comes to new content, new content hilariously doesn't actually attract new players as much as it keeps your old players playing the game. And honestly, it made a lot of sense to me because like when you think about an MMO, like who comes back to an MMO after a patch or an expansion to experience the new content? Previous players, right? So previous players are the ones that are coming back and enjoying those the most. Um, so why isn't, you know, new players necessarily coming in? A very small amount, you know, a very small amount are coming in from uh, expansions. So expansions, I used to think they were much bigger, I think, because other expansions, say, for example, Guild Wars 1 had expansions where they really did try to attract new players. Um, but I would say, like, largely these days, like with WoW expansions with um, Elder Scrolls Online expansions, with Final Fantasy XIV expansions, they kind of don't care about an attracting new players. I mean, all those games have like different ways to level boost yourself, and they're also not really based on leveling up in the game in, in the first place, you know? Like, if you want to play Final Fantasy XIV when Shadowbringers came out, like I did, everyone's like, lol, just buy a boost and just play Shadowbringers. That's where the real content's at. And it's like, but what if I just wanted to play the game? Like, so are you saying like this expansion is not really made for me unless I've already gone through the content? So you, the, the cogs start turning, you start realizing 
maybe it's not really for like new players most of the time. It's just for existing players. Uh, let's see. You can download from Patreon. Yeah, huh. I can, I can look that up. I can look up into putting it on Patreon, Adric. I feel like expansions are part of sunk cost fallacy. I think sunk cost fallacy applies to a lot of things, honestly. Like, surprising amount of things. Expansions are there for hype. Ooh, that's a good point. Expansions are there for hype and certainly do a lot of um, advertising. The reason why I didn't really want to rant about the Elder Scrolls uh, update is like when I was watching the uh, trailer and it's a kick-ass trailer. It's like super well produced. Like, let me let me look it up, actually, so I could just show you guys. I'm not going to play the sound because I'm not going to get striked for this shit. Here's the Greymore expansion. Um, trailer. I'll have this playing in the background. So like my problem with getting into trailers for expansions is like a lot of the time <laughs> and this is just like, you know, true in my case. Um maybe this is not true across the board. But it looks like especially with Swotor, Elder Scrolls and Swotor I feel like are really good examples where like oh no, Secret World as well. Where the cinematics look so much better than anything close to in-game. And so, like, it, I don't understand how it doesn't affect more people. But for me, I'm one of those players where, like, when I see something visually, even if it's a trailer, it colors my perspective. And so, like, whenever I see really good, you know, trailers, I'm like, man, this looks awesome. Right? Like, you're like, this game looks awesome. And then you get into the actual game and you're like, hmm, this isn't really what I was expecting. <laughs> And I mean, it's like when you watch this trailer and you you kind of do get hyped. You're like, man, I really want to see like what's going on. Like, you know, I really want to get into the game and feel that dark atmosphere, right? And then you get into the game and it feels like you're playing Nerf swords and Nerf guns with <laughs> with magical powers and shit. And you're just kind of like, it just it's a little bit disconnecting. Um, so look, I'm a fa I'm a fan of trailers, like CGI trailers, super well produced trailers. Those are all cool and all, but. I feel like as an MMO fan, I'm a little bit more jaded about those because typically they're like so different from what you actually experience. They're more about capitalizing on a feeling than an actual aspect of gameplay, you know? A great investment is a sure investment. Why do you think there's so many sequels? <laughs> yeah. Expansions you think are made for current players as well, Simper Pidelis. That's where they put discounts on the game and expansion to attack or sorry, to attract new players. That's a good point. I think that's probably where the sales come into play, right? It's like, you, oh, if you buy the new expansion, you get the previous expansions as well. Every time I see those trailers, Pinzero says, I always think it's for an actually good game. <laughs> ESO and SWOTOR, where we spend money on the trailers and content. <laughs> also, you get a free mount. Nice, a free mount after spending money. That's awesome. Hey, what's up, John Jacak? To a degree, I think the first couple of expansions can be new growth, but after that, you start to tail out and lose overall. Yeah, and like I've even seen this rhetoric explained to me in my own comments. Like, it, it's interesting because I know you guys don't get the ability to just see all of my comments. I mean, you can go look them up, but like, it's not the same, right? Like, I read my comments every single day. Like, I, I read pretty much every single comment. I mean, I, I pull open my phone, I go to my, my uh, YouTube studio app, which I'm lucky they have an app and make this shit easy on me. I go to view more and I just scroll through my comments. See, this is all new comments. And I scroll through this shit all the time. Obviously, you can't see because of brightness. You can see the little images. 
and I just scroll, 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 and there's just like hundreds and I mean practically thousands and thousands of comments and yeah, uh, you know, are a lot of them repeating after a while? You start to notice a lot of patterns. Um, do a lot of people make the same points and think that they're super original? Yeah, that happens a lot too, and that can be annoying, um, especially when someone's not actually trying to have a dialogue with you. Like, you can respond to a comment or, like, talk to somebody, but then they'll, like, not really be interested in talking about it sometimes. Um, or because YouTube system's weird, you'll, like, respond to a comment, but people don't know that you responded to the comment anyway, so it kind of just seems like they're just talking at the wall. So it's like weird because that's why I much prefer talking on Discord with my audiences because it's like back and forth. It's not just them talking at me or me talking at them because I have a microphone, right? So like I can sit here and just like, just like a comedian does in a room, like I can just shit on people in the chat because they can't really respond to me over voice. You know what I'm saying? Like their text like is barely noticed, but like I like a, a chat where we can actually like talk back and forth between each other. Which is why you guys see me get lost sometimes because I'm reading chat and I'm reading it out loud for those who are only listening to the audio. So, YouTube is pretty bad with notifications sometimes. Yeah, it's pretty hard to talk to people on YouTube. Oh, yeah, cinematic trailers can really jump off a cliff. It is pure garbage and a time waste. Make a movie, but don't use it as game advertisement. It's just, it's gotten more annoying for me because I look at like people waxing so poetic about like Star Wars, The Old Republic's. Um, uh, trailers and don't get me wrong blur did a fantastic job those are amazing trailers but i mean are any of those anywhere close to indicative of the game's like gameplay or like even like story like oh oh no way dude no way um and i like those trailers like me liking a trailer has nothing to do with me seeing it's like viability as like advertising a product and actuality like at because if you think about it like I'm trying to think of an equivalent. Like, imagine we're watching a, a a movie, and this has happened in movies, and the trailer is like has scenes that aren't in the movie and has scenes that are better than the scenes in the movie. We'd be like, man, like how come we didn't get what was in the trailer? You know, that's kind of weird, right? That's why a whole lot of trailers don't do that because they'd rather just cut parts and then stitch them together so it looks like a new scene, but it's just like, hey, and then like they'll stitch another part where the guy's going like. Oh man, or like making some kind of joke. Hey, look, there's Stella, uh, my dog in the background. Just chilling back there. Um, it's funny because I could see her head pop. <laughs> um, I'm definitely on the side of gameplay over CG trailers. One of the main reasons I stopped paying attention to E3. Basically a title for a game with a bunch of nothing for several days. Oh, trust me, she's too lazy for me to want to pet her right now. I'd have to go get up and pet her. <laughs> But yeah, she she was a rescue. She's three years old. She just turned three years old, actually, like last month, a couple days ago. But yeah, we we rescued her off the streets. She was she was in a shelter back in Houston. Uh, hey, dude, probably not your first time getting asked, but do you play WoW Classic? <laughs> well, um, we're gonna talk about some WoW Classic today, actually. <laughs> Ironically, <laughs> um. Yeah, so I don't have much else to add about the topic of CG trailers and the, the topic of MMO trailers because, I mean, they're just bad. Not only are they typically not indicative of anything, like they don't show you what the game would actually play like, even if they do show you what the game plays like, so to say, it's all, it's like, it's dressed up, you know? Like, they say it's it's from the gameplay's engine or from the game's engine, but it's not actually gameplay. Have you guys seen that now? That's like the new thing. They'll say it's not gameplay. They'll say like 
uh, rendered in the game's engine, which just to me tells me like, so it's a trailer rendered in the game's engine. Is that what you're saying? Or like, because it doesn't mean it's actually gameplay. Then if you take away that it's actual gameplay part, then it makes me seem like you're just making a trailer in your own engine. Trailers are just for fantasy and lines are getting blurred because games are getting graphically kind of up there. So it's kind of a waste nowadays. That's a good point. Because gra graphics are getting that much better, people are like, wait a minute. They're expecting actually to see what they see in the trailer in the game. Why do you think softcore, not really MMOs like Destiny 2 are doing better uh, right now than proper MMOs? Um, I mean, there's a there's a honestly a bunch of reasons, but to give you the most simple reasons, it's because you always have to look at the games or the companies behind them. I think people aren't willing to look at it like so coldly like that. It seems like very, you know, matter of fact, but it's it comes down to money, guys. It comes down to money, business, um, marketing. It comes down to budgets, right? Like it sometimes it really does come down to how much money you have. Like it sounds. I know I'm I wish I had a better answer. <laughs> like maybe in the RPG worlds or maybe in like the platformer worlds, it's not like that. You can go play, you know, whatever platformer for free basically and it's a kick-ass game. Like there's so many indie projects like that, right? But um I mean, you, you know what I mean? Like uh, uh it, it's just hard. Like Destiny 2's got <clears throat> so much support, so much money behind it. And then on top of it, Games like that, the ones that are like like MMOs, when people say like MMOs, what they really mean is it just has like certain features that MMOs have. So it's like I used to be annoyed when people would say like MMO like, but now I'm just kind of like, you know what? I'd rather them say MMO like than call it an MMO when it's not an MMO. So if you just say MMO like, and that just means it has a chat room, it's got like friend requests, got social guild system, a uh, home world. Uh, some kind of trade, gear and loot, customization. If that's an MMO to you or an MMO RPG in some way, so you want to say it's like MMO-like, you know what? I'm okay with that. Just like people, you know, want to hear Souls-like and, and Rogue-like. And, uh, what else do they have? I'm sure there's some other words out there. FPS-like doesn't sound as, like, important because it's just like first person, you know. <clears throat> The actual, or the not actual gameplay is a juristical thing. They started adding it because people started taking them to court for false advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the New World trailer shows hundreds of enemies and players, yet truth is 50. Yeah, so Jay, that's actually a really good point. Um, uh, and we're going to talk about that, man. We're going to talk about that today because, uh, yeah, anyway. It's so hard to talk about New World because I'm in, behind NDA, as you know, and um, there's things that I want to talk about, but it's hard to talk about certain things, right? Are you a person who is slaying nerds or are you a nerd who's just slaying in general? Um, why not both, man? Two chicks, same time. If someone gets that reference, uh, you're my friend. It was Doom-like. Damn, lots of shit is Doom-like. That's a good per uh, that's a good point. MMO became an overused term just like Metroidvania these days or Souls like. Yeah, and that unfortunately kind of happens because once you just start making like something like it's a lot of things are like something, you know? Like this color is like this color right next to it. 
but is it the same color? And is saying it's like the same color really that helpful in like the broad spectrum of it? Probably not, right? But you understand what people are trying to say. Human beings, and this is all like scientifically researched and shit, so don't take my word for it. We look for patterns, you know? We try and make things easy. That's what we do as humans. That's why we like tools and shit. Is there anything you're allowed to say about New World's development state? What's publicly released? So, I've got some publicly released things to talk about today. <laughs> Alright, so, um, a couple more news things I want to fire through really quickly is um, Tim Tim, which you guys have heard me talk about. It's like a Pokemon-like MMO, it's being called. Um, that has launched into a stress test just this past um, week, and I believe it's going into Steam Early Access tomorrow. So I'm not, you know, advising anybody to buy into Steam Early Accesses. If you're not really into supporting a game's product and you're not willing to lose that money, don't put money into Kickstarters, don't put money into closed betas, pre-orders, or um, early accesses. So let me get that disclaimer out of the way. But I wanted to talk about that a bit because we had a couple of people in our chat um, in Discord playing it, trying it out. I'm most curious uh, if it's actually an MMO, like how many players can fit in a zone because if it could actually get up to let's say i'd be humble with it even i'd say up from five to a thousand uh so 500 to a thousand players instead of just saying a thousand players which we've kind of said before from 500 to a thousand players i feel like it would be pretty fair to call it an mmo um i'm going to wager that it's probably not going to be an mmo so somebody in chat who's played it and tried it and when i get the chance to play it and try it by the way if they you know, want to send me a copy, uh, for example, I'll reach out to them, see if that's possible. Because uh, otherwise, I don't really do early access titles unless I'm going to do a video about it, you know. I have to think about some kind of money and time investment as well, cost opportunity. Not to mention I'm giving a game free advertisement. So it's like I don't like to just buy games and then also, you know, advertise their game. It doesn't, that doesn't make business sense, right? So sometimes it's better to reach out and sometimes they'll give you a, a copy that way you can actually start talking about the game without having to worry about buying into it um but uh yeah we'll see i'm convinced the game is more like a multiplayer online rpg which for me would be anything under 500 players anything over like about 64 players or so um if you're going to be technical but if i'm going to just call it like a broad term mm or sorry multiplayer online rpg a morpg i would just say it's basically anything with multiple players up to 500 players so the difference between that and co-op for me is co-op is typically four players right most games have up to four player co-op sorry not most games have up to four player but i'm saying like the max co-op they have is up to four player co-op it's pretty like an industry standard i would say well maybe not as console games are slowing down but you guys get my point anything after that for me qualifies as a multiplayer online rpg um, in terms of players where it gets really complicated is you can make your game single player and technically have eight players allowed to be played uh, at a later time like say for example you add a multiplayer component to it does that automatically make it a multiplayer online rpg though can a game's genre change right like these are some good questions i'm not trying to say like the the jury's out on any of that but um i'm just trying to add some dialogue to the to the discussion no, maybe maybe it is that way maybe after you add multiplayer over eight players it becomes a multiplayer online rpg instead of just an rpg that has co-op right but i've been asked before what's the difference between a co-op game and a multiplayer online rpg 
And the main difference is, is you can just tell in the infrastructure. Just look at games like Destiny. Just look at games like um, uh, Path of Exile. Just look at games like um, SWOTOR or Final Fantasy XIV or Elder Scrolls Online. These are games which are not really designed to be about having massive players come together. Like Elder Scrolls Online, out of those, probably has the most uh, maybe proof of that in the in in the form of its uh, Cyrodiil PvP zone. But even then, you know, that's just like one facet of the game. So like you could be technical and say like I guess that part is MMO, but like how many times is that actually getting to five you know, hundred players or a thousand players? Probably not a whole lot. My point is, is that when you look at these multiplayer online RPGs, like Neverwinter Nights Online back in AOL days, they're designed from an infrastructure perspective to be online. Fantasy Star, another example you guys have heard me use before. And so trying to play those games offline is either impossible or really, really hard to do. And so you would ask, okay, so then what's a RPG with co-op? Well, it's just a game that's built to be single player that also has online components tacked onto it. And uh, there's nothing wrong with any genre of the game. Like, I th the funny thing for me is when I talk about MMO versus multiplayer online RPG or MORPG, for some people it just seems like it's like a, which one is better? It's like a measuring contest, you know, like a ruler measuring contest. And it's not about which one's better. They're, they're different genres. That's the whole point is like, one of those genres shouldn't be trying to appeal to the other genre, really, because it's kind of a waste of their resources, right? Like, we've heard Path of Exile talk about why they, you know, specifically and purposely didn't want to be an MMO. Like, very specifically, they, they stated this. And so it's like, there are reasons you want to be a multiplayer online RPG over being an MMO. Like, if you just want to focus on small contained content and make it as a uh, wrist is hurting make it as like um, conducive as possible, make it as jam-packed with content as possible, immersive, all those, you know, fancy, schmancy uh, buzzwords, you wouldn't make it massive. <laughs> I mean, that just goes without saying, guys. If that isn't apparent already, it's pretty hard to make a theme park and make it massive at the same time. For me, WoW was one of the few to do that. Like, only WoW has made a massive theme park in my eyes. Like, who else is making massive theme parks? Maybe, I guess you could say Elder Scrolls is up there, like, because they've got housing and, and um, different things like that. Like, you can travel around the world a lot more than, say, for example, you can in other games. Um, it's got more land mass. I don't know. I guess you could, I guess you could say ESO is getting pretty massive theme park. But there's not a whole lot of massive theme parks. A lot of theme parks are kind of, they stay small scale. And it makes sense, right? For example, when you're playing SWOTOR, how many people do you do a mission with? Is it one when you're playing by yourself? Maybe two, three, four, X, six, eight, right? Does it get any more than that? No. So most of the time you're playing the game, it's not massive by definition, right? Which just makes it easier for me to just call a game like SWOTOR a multiplayer online RPG. Now, can you imagine if we could go back in time in our time machine? Speaking of time machines, uh, that's that's coming with a new series, by the way, but... um. Speaking of time machines, <laughs> that was a good segue, but I wish I could show you guys that video footage, but I got a rough draft for my term travel series that um, we have our secret content creator, new content creator working on. Um, he's already written a couple of episodes. I got back a rough draft copy a couple of days ago, which means that pretty much the only thing left is just a couple of um, tweaks 
and then I get paid in a couple of days. That means I'll get to pay my artist if I own the music. Um, because people often ask for the Death of a Game series, oh, what music is that? Um, it doesn't actually have a name. I got it commissioned for me, and uh, I own the music. So technically, I can name it whatever I want. Um, but the artist just didn't name it anything. So we can call it Death of a Game intro, I guess. <laughs> Death of a Game theme, you know? But um, your ISP keeps uh, freaking out and your stream's jumping up. That sucks, dude. It happens. No problem card. Someone was talking about that in Discord. Uh, Adric Live said. Uh, was that video with Factorio having 500 players at once, but the game wasn't designed with that scale in mind? Yeah, no, that's actually a really good uh, example. Because I watched that video myself. I thought it was hilarious. If you guys haven't seen that, like, there's some videos where people have modded Factorio, and they, fa they fit like 500 players into it. And it just ruins the game, because the game's clearly not made for that. Um, in terms of like balance and stuff, but it's just an interesting thing to see, right? Because it's almost like a thought experiment. Is just adding more players all it takes to make something an MMO? Or is it something intrinsically about how you build the game, right? I think WoW proved that, that it's something intrinsically about how you build the game. Mind you, that's I'm sure that's changed over time now. And that topic has been beaten to death, but um, you get my point. Oh, cool. So my uncle just got back to me. I'm gonna, I got a message my uncle. He's in town and he's trying to get some hamburgers. I'm here in Austin. We've got a place that's got grass-fed beef. Super good, man. Like super sweet and everything. Like, uh, tastes good. Anyway, sorry. I'm getting my my head's like going to food because I fast in the morning, guys. I intermittent fast till like about 3 p.m. my time, and so. I try and stay away from food topics in the morning, <laughs> so I'm not getting super hungry. Um, is it time to react to the New World stuff? What do you guys think? Before I do that, um, let's give RuneScape a round of applause, man. RuneScape uh, reached 1.1 million paid subscribers the past 2019, uh, so to end the year. 1.1 million subscribers, like, that's a record peak for them for some time, like, Congratulations to RuneScape, one of the few remaining hardcore sandbox games that exist out there. Um, one of the best questing systems ever. Um, one of the most uh, hardcore in terms of its full loot uh, wilderness PvP. And I'm, we're going to do a playthrough of RuneScape at some point, trust me. And we, were, uh, sorry, we will also uh, cover it in a video specific to talking about its particular charm. So I know the RuneScape fans are always asking me, why don't you make a RuneScape video? And quite honestly, if you asked me that when I was 10 years old, 11, 12 years old, when I was playing RuneScape, I would have been like, oh, I'll make it immediately. It's been so long since I've played the game. And for me, looking back in it, how many hours I spent in it, it's kind of like, <clears throat> I don't, it's changed so much. Like the game is not the same game as it was when I played because first off, you know, the versions have changed. <laughs> like it's not even the same game literally. Um, but that being said, it's hard for me to go back to games like that where the gameplay is so like simplistic. You know, that's just hard for me to do. And when I say gameplay, don't get triggered. I just mean the combat. Like very specifically, I should say you moving around on the map. And the best example I have of this is Guild Wars 1 is one of my favorite games ever, ever. Like top 10 favorite game ever. One of my favorite multiplayer online RPGs. But at the time it was called an MMO. That game is one of my favorite games ever. I would not recommend it to people, really. 
Like, why? Like, so, like, you would ask me, like, how is that possible that you can say something is your favorite game, but you wouldn't really recommend it? Well, it's a practical reason. There's no jumping. You can't jump, right? Like, you have to click around to move. I know most people don't want to play a game like that, so it's just about being realistic, you know? It's like, I know people want me to play RuneScape, but it's like, how many people are okay with a point-and-click style? Well, unless you're going to play it on mobile, which is probably what I'm going to do for the sake of the video and also to showcase its uh, showcase the strengths of playing MMOs on a mobile device, which I'm not saying is all negative, even though my Rise of Mobile MMO videos uh, or video, rather, seem kind of scary. <laughs> like the boogeyman was going to come out of somewhere, but um, I didn't mean it like that. I meant it more like there's a lot of bad, but there's some good, right? I mean, congratulations to RuneScape for having some of the best um, subscription numbers they've had in some time. Granted, RuneScape Mobile does help with most of the AFK stuff, and it's a massive time investment. I barely have time to join discussion on Discord, sadly, but the uh, sorry, but the podcast is my favorite content on Twitch, and I will be subscribed every month. Is there a chance I will be able to join the discussion sometimes? Yeah, um, I'm sure there will be. Well, so like, um, how the streams are going is like, I'm I'm patient with building the stream audience, the Twitch audience, and so as we start to give more details out about the game development, for example, I want to do some streams of me actually editing and Unity. And I want to get off, uh, give off some streams of me just talking about the game, um, going over the game, and I'm trying to do a lot more off-the-cuff streams where you guys get to see me like dive into things, um, maybe things that I can't really cover on the podcast. So maybe I could do like a runoff like show where I just cover certain topics that came up that week that I'm interested in <clears throat> that I want to show you guys because it's one thing to just type, it's another thing to just have a voice. But it's a total different thing for you to actually see me and engage with me. Like for me, that's my number one way to communicate with me. Like is is to actually engage with me personally. So if if like you're one of those commenters who like says something and is like super critical, but you don't bring it to me, um, I'll tell you like although I appreciate your comment, I don't typically take those super seriously. Because for me, it's like the best comments, the best feedback I've gotten are when people talk to me personally, right? Like when people actually come to me and say, hey, like I noticed this, like why don't you cover this? Or when I had someone tell me about artifacts, right? And I've had people give me insider information about certain games. Like it's usually when people contact me personally that I get the most value out of uh, people messaging. And discourse in general. Guild Wars 1 is still my favorite game and you get used to not being able to jump rather quickly. I think you get used to it, but I think that's, a, that's basically what I'm talking about is it, it's so easy for other people to not be able to see from a different perspective because, of course, you're one perspective, your own perspective. But, like, like in, if you're wondering, like, how come I can't see other people's perspective on something? What I would do is just take a step back and just be like, okay, let me just try and understand why they see it that way. You know what I mean? Like, if you do that, it helps you see another side's perspective much easier. And for me... I mean, I'm a practical person, so it's pretty easy for me to see the perspective in an old school game because practicality, UI, um, the fluidity of movement animations are so obvious that it's so hard not to see it or feel it, right? It's hard not to, especially if like, let's say you're a Guild Wars 2 fan and you're playing Guild Wars 2 and somebody like me is waxing poetic about Guild Wars 1, one of my favorite games ever. And somebody says, um, well, then, dude, 
Should I go back and play Guild Wars 1? I would say, um, I wouldn't jump up and say, yeah, I wouldn't. I'd have to think about it. I'd have to ask the person a couple of questions. Like, well, what aspects did you like about Guild Wars 2 the most? Oh, I love the skill system. Oh, yeah, you'll love Guild Wars 1. It has a better skill system. Um, I loved the PvP. You'll love Guild Wars 1. It had way more PvP. I like the combat. I like the action combat. I like the movement. I like the graphics. You see, then it becomes like... It's like, uh... Thing. You could go back and play it, but I don't want to give somebody that advice. Because I take giving people... Um, recommendations very seriously if you guys have noticed <laughs> I take it very seriously like I won't just like advertise something or like recommend something to you guys so willy-nilly like I only rec uh, recommend something to you guys if I have a healthy level of like prefaces and disclaimers or if I feel like it's a really good product you know like speaking of which Octopath Traveler is on sale right now on Steam I think it's like 40% on sale so if you guys haven't played Octopath Traveler, which is related to the game that we're developing because it's a big point of inspiration, I'd go play it. So you can see maybe for for yourself why the indie RPG market is booming and the MMO RPG indie market is uh <laughs> looks like it's a toddler in comparison. Um and then also look at um how you can take an old RPG model and innovate it you know i think that's also a cool lesson to learn about octopath traveler so i'll i'll shill a game that doesn't they don't give me any money i don't have a a code or, or you know like an affiliate link or whatever like i don't have any of that just looks like a cool game man it's on sale like i'm not the kind of person who's going to make sponsored content really you know it's just like for me sponsored content is just when i say sponsored content i will have a video sponsored at some point, but it's going to be my video sponsored, not their video sponsored on my channel. You know what I mean? Like, it's not gonna be, oh, we want you to talk about this game. Here's your script. Um, we want you to um, talk about playing this game with your first impressions. Like, I, I'm probably not interested because I know that that comes with a lot of negative stigmas as well. It also just doesn't really fit my channel. Other people do first impressions. Go watch those people. Um, I don't want to just give somebody my first impressions, which is honestly, especially in the context of an MMO, very misleading. Like your first impressions are, they're good past a certain point, but past that point, you can't really glean a whole lot more out of it. Exactly. Like I'm not going to have a Raid Shadow Legend. I'm not going to have mobile games on my, uh, I'll put it this way. The only way I would ever have a sponsored mobile game uh, video is if it was like RuneScape. Would, if if you guys are telling me if Jagex would want me to do a sponsored RuneScape video, of course I would do it. Because they have so much respect as a company. You know, like, I respect them as a company. I respect their what they've done with the game. I respect the success <clears throat> of RuneScape. So yeah, I would do a sponsored video for them. Would I do a sponsored video for, I don't know, just insert, or sorry, insert like Asian developer? I'm not really interested. Can I have a quick rundown on uh, Ray Shadow Legends? <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> I'm sure you can find somebody who will who will give you one. Um let me I need to text my uncle. Going to be in some. 
Okay. Now, let's get into our first real topic of the day. I know, it seemed like we were doing some topics, but hey, you guys got to give me some credit, man. Only an hour in and I got all the housekeeping out of the way. I got a lot of the um, news out of the way, or pretty much all the news out of the way. And now I can actually get into our first React topic. I'm going to be listening on stream to the community Q&A. And um, let's see. The community Q&A for New Worlds recently came out. It was addressing a lot of PvP issues, um, issues with the game that you know some people found to be um, problematic. For example, the possibility for griefing and ganking and um, rampant killing and all that sort of stuff. If you haven't followed New World already, I'm not really going to do a whole lot of explaining at this point. If you guys, if you guys come to my channel <clears throat> and you watch my Twitch, I'm going to assume you already know something about New World. So, because we've already done a couple of explanations on it. So, let's just react to it, honestly. And um, I'll go through bit by bit. Uh, one second, let me respond to this. Sorry, I'm getting messages uh, and stuff on my phone all at the same time right now. Okay, you guys ready? So, to give a little bit of background on this, because I always have to provide background, at least in some way, I'm just not going to give you background on what New World is. Amazon's big MMO that was supposed to come out it is coming out this year, actually, in a couple of months. It was uh, done by Amazon Game Studios. The game studios that took me, Jade, Plays Games. Um, who else are we missing? Uh, there was Lazy Peon, Skylint. Uh, I think even Fever went at one point. Um, Captain Shack, uh, Exo Gamers. Um, couple, or sorry, XP Gamers. Couple couple other guys too, sorry, I'm trying to think of the names. Sir Robaz, I think, was one of them as well. Or no, Sir Winter. Sir Winter. Uh, Rust player. He was one of the people invited. There's a couple other uh, uh, people invited. I just can't remember all of your names, sorry. No offense, I, I met a lot of you. Game Edged is another one. And there's one or two other ones as well. We were invited out to uh, California. We got the test, get put under NDA, the game, and... um. Xanaverse. Hey, what's up, Jade? Uh, or, or, is it Xanaverse or Xanaverse? I knew I was missing somebody. And he was a really nice guy, too. I'm horrible with names, so never take it serious if I forget your guys' names. <laughs> Age, uh, sorry, he's a Conan YouTuber. Got you. Yeah, so um, we got put under NDA. <clears throat> we had a couple of drinks. We talked to developers. We grilled developers. And I know it's hard for Jade uh, in chat right now, as much as it is for me, to just feel like you can't really talk about it. But um, we had we said a lot of good stuff, man. Like we had a lot of good advice, and uh, we said a lot of cool stuff. I think honestly they could have taken to heart, but I can't say any more than that. I can't say what we said. I can't say what we really tested. But don't worry. Whenever we're off uh, NDA, I will cover all of that at some point. So anyway, fast forward a bit, the game was tested for a while, opened up to closed beta testing, sort of, uh, kind of, pre-orders are already available for the game, the game's going to launch on Steam, all of this came in the span of a couple of months after like months and months of just radio silence, 
not even us, the creators, so to say, like the content creators knew what was going on, right? And um, the closed alpha last was played on June 2019. And um, at the time, it was a free-for-all PvP game with uh, consequences, basically. So if you're a criminal, you lost all your stuff. And if you were a non-criminal, you just lost your inventory. You didn't lose what was in your paper doll or your like uh, character model or whatever. So early on in the game, there was uh, certainly a focus on PvP content. Um, PvE content wasn't nearly as um, wasn't. How do I say this? With without, <laughs> I need to be very smart. I'm just going to read off of another thread, and I'm going to link that thread in the comments, or sorry, in the description. So, in this, it, sa it says, and these are not my words, but it says, um, despite the game having zero PvE, there was still a crowd ready to buy the game because of its PvP content. So... And then the, the, the guy at, in the thread, Joyella, also says, now they announced it's going full PvE without actually having decent PvE content close to release. Now, I can only allege, but if um, the public... Yeah, so the public info... <laughs> good point, Jade. Good, I'm glad you're here. Um, the public info currently on New World in terms of PvE is pretty much just hordes of enemies. So it's like... They're going to have a horde mode, which many different games have had horde modes of sorts. That's like the main thing that's been publicly talked about in terms of its PvE content. Not a whole lot, right? Not a lot of PvE content to speak of. All of a sudden, they've gone a complete 180, and they've changed a lot of core systems of the game that kind of have people pissed off, if you can't tell from the descriptions. Or sorry, from the uh, likes and dislikes. This one has 1.6k dislikes, which is like a what? Three to one ratio or something like that. So let's see why. Let's react to it. We've been getting a lot of great questions across social media. I'm going to be pausing a lot, guys. About how New World so has get ready evolved, for that. Uh, over the past several months, we had our big announcement at the Game Awards, and people have been asking us a lot of questions on how PVE PVP works. Can you tell us a little bit about how New World has brought more PVE elements into the game? Let me start with the previous alpha. When we were live, you know, we watched players play. We played. I met Scott Lane, by the way, guys. I met him personally. We talked to him. This is a guy that we sat in front of, stood in front of, and gave advice to, just for the for reference. Played with players, and we learned a whole bunch. One of the things that we noticed was players were engaging in PvP, but a lot more players wanted more PvE content. They wanted more things they could solo. They wanted the ability to be directed through the world. They wanted more. That's enemies. fair. Our big focus. That's super fair. Appeasing those players. Putting more POIs in the game, increasing the density of POIs, increasing the complexity. <clears throat> putting more good. That's a good thing. Into the world. Good idea, so man. Moving through the world, Whoever's idea that was, Jade. Grows man, what a good idea. Accordingly to where you are, and along with that comes the loot that you get. We've added a lot more loot that gets better as you fight harder enemies. So all, all together, the game's going to feel a little man. These more are great ideas. The PVP and PVE, probably leaning with a little bit more PVE focus. So during the alpha, there was a heavy emphasis on the PvP side. So let's hear what he said the right alpha, there at the end. He said, more, "The game's going to feel a little more balanced between the PvP and PvE, probably leaning with a little bit more PvE focus." So that actually right there is not what I had heard originally. I had heard that they're still like a PvP game, but they're just more like an instance PvP game or a territory control PvP game. 
but they just said that they're making it more balanced and then said it's going to be actually more PvE. So didn't he kind of didn't Scott kind of contradict himself a little bit there like saying that it's going to be balanced and then saying it's going to lean more PvE? Um so during the alpha there was a heavy emphasis on the PvP side of the game. Players are concerned that some of that might be going away um what about pvp has changed in new world our initial vision was a full pvp session but we were trying to come up with ways to make it so that experienced high level players wouldn't just pk cheap kill uh, like new players okay so there's some ter- like i knew i was going to get into the weeds here but i have to because the terminology matters to me um so the correct terminology actually might not be player killer because a player killer is a very specific kind of player. So I'm don't worry, I have a terminology series. I'm sure that will explain this shit, but um put it this way. There's a couple different words that are used to describe PVPers, right? There's a PVPer, right? This is a general term. Um there's something that's called a ganker, right? A ganker is somebody who's looking for the opportunity to catch you unaware so they can kind of take your stuff or get some advantage out of it. Right? That's a ganker. So now we have a griefer, and I'm using the historical definitions as they were back in UO and old school MMOs. Um, A griefer is somebody who basically takes it a step further, doesn't care about what they're getting from it in terms of like an actual in-game value, they just get the enjoyment out of just killing a player and harassing them, right? So that's griefing. Now, you might be asking, okay, so what's a player killer? Well, actually, a player killer is a very specific term that was coined back in the uh, UO and uh, RuneScape days. And a player killer is actually usually a solo player. Like, a player killer, as the name implies, you notice how, sorry, you notice how it's not player killers? No one really says player killers. It's, it's either PK or PKer are the terms you hear. A player killer was actually usually a solo player who went out into the world and PK'd people by himself. So it was like a very particular kind of player. One who you would say was like a bit of a, like if you're going to describe um, the difference between a murderer and a, um, a contract killer. You know what I mean? Or something along the lines of that. He's not just a general combatant. He's like a specialized combatant who very specifically has a lot of resources, a lot of time, is probably pretty good at the game, and is particularly targeting people and trying to get their loot or gets the enjoyment out of um, just killing the players themselves, right, for the challenge of it. So a player killer usually, and again, look up player killer, you know, come to your own conclusions, guys. Um, one of the f- most famous PKers ever, and I mean, one of the guys who helped coin the term, he actually was, hilariously enough, not an evil PK. Like, he didn't just kill everybody and grief people. He actually was a guy who just liked getting loot. And uh, if you go- I can't remember his story, but I know somebody in chat knows about it. It's one of those UO stories. where uh, Galad? Is it Galad? Uh, Galad? I think it's Galad. Somebody can look that up. Galad, a UO PKer. He was one of the first that I ever knew of that was a that was called a PKer. So I wanted to explain the terminology because although like it might seem like I'm just like nitpicking, I'm not trying to say like they're wrong for using the terminology in that way. But I actually think it's important that we use the right terminology because what happens a lot of the time with PvP, and I know any of you who are fans of it are used to it, somebody will just say, oh, 
they're just a ganker. They're just a griefer, a griefer, a griefer. In fact, I've been accused of griefing before when I've been playing a game. In fact, when I was playing WoW Classic, somebody called me a griefer in my own guild. And I was like, wait a minute. What's your definition of griefing? Oh, you're killing somebody when you know they can't really fight back. It's like, well, how do I know they can't fight back? I don't know that. I, I think I'm a good player, but does that mean I just don't fight people ever because I think I'm going to win? You know what I mean? Like, it, it seems silly to just assume that you automatically know what the outcome of a battle is going to be. You don't really. So, like, if you keep killing that player past the point of any enjoyment for, for them, are you griefing them? Yeah, by definition. But killing them a single time isn't griefing them, right? It's a repeated action. Anyway, I had to nitpick that. So they wouldn't go attack wounded players. And everything we tried just kind of felt like a band-aid and didn't really solve the problem. So what we're thinking about now is giving both players that experience so everyone can... So what we're thinking about now... Hmm. For me, that's subtle. Because um, it's one thing to say, so what we're doing now, or what the direction is now. But... Saying so what we're thinking about now to me kind of says that you're still not really sure. And you might be saying, well, what are they supposed to just choose an idea and stick with it even if it fails? Of course not. That's what my whole series is about, right? But it's like you do at some point have to put your in the in the ground, your flag in the ground and kind of make a stand, right? For what tenets of your game are there, right? Have they tried safe zones before the opting in system? Um, yeah, so they actually did have some zones that were safe, but um, that's that's only been publicly talked about. I can't say any more than that. We come to a tournament and have a good time. So we put an opt-in system. We've added factions to the game, so you'll join a faction. And when you so going the faction route is not at all like revolutionary. Um, so it's a safe option. Because Dark Age of Camelot sort of proved this, that you can have a hardcore PvP-focused game if you make it faction-based. Because if you make it faction-based, it allows a lot of people inherently to have a group to play with. One of the biggest problems of PvP games and, and games that allow full loot is that they don't have guild systems or ways to formulate guilds, right? And they don't incentivize you to do that or help new players. So there's not a whole lot of reasons to help players you just kind of prey upon them, right? It's like wolves, you know, eating all the wildebeest uh, kind of argument that we talk about sometimes. If uh, if the wolves are in this, <laughs> if we're going to use wildebeest, we should use lions. If the lions eat all of the wildebeest, there's no more wildebeest to eat. And so the lions will, you know, starve or have to eat other things or maybe are unsavory. Maybe even eat each other. Um, but, uh, says, uh, hey, yo, I write this in all of your vids. While I don't watch too much Twitch, your YouTube content is the best on the platform. Keep that shit up, dude, and I'd be interesting, to, or I'd be interested to see something about ESO at some point. Thanks, man, and don't worry. Something about ESO is coming this year. I promise. ESO and Final Fantasy XIV will have reviews this year. So I just got to give me some time on that. There's always a bigger wolf. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, um, faction systems make sense because whenever you join a faction, you already have teammates, right? You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about, let's say, um, who am I going to play with? Well, these red dudes behind you, you know, like in the red faction. Um, 
who is going to help you whenever you're getting killed? Oh, the red dudes. And you're, you know what I'm saying? So it's like tribalism taken to its like simplest form. And it's just like broken down to like hard frac sorry, hard factions. One cool thing that they're doing is not just making it a hardcore faction as in you just, uh, or you, sorry, you spawn as a faction. They're giving you a choice. At least this is what it seems like. So maybe I'm wrong here, but um, again, I haven't tested the game since they contacted us about testing the game again. And even if I did, I couldn't talk about it because of NDA. But um, as it stands, it's more freeform in that you can choose a faction you want to join. I think that that's a much better solution than just doing like you spawn as a faction. So I have to give them credit for that, for sure. ESO is a boomer game. It's funny you say that, dude, because I know a lot of older people who play ESO who've never played MMOs ever. Like, my girlfriend was telling me the other day, she knows somebody who um who plays ESO. And you're, I'm not going to, like, talk any... Or, sorry. I'm not going to talk about the details, but it's a funny story. She says she her friend plays ESO. And she's like, yeah, it's just... it's It's overwhelming. There's, like, so many, like things going on and so many players but she's like but everybody's such in a rush like everybody's in a rush in the game so i made it a personal point to walk everywhere so i was like eh? she's like yeah i don't teleport i i don't run i don't take my mount i don't use my flying mount my running fast mount or whatever she she just walks to every er, everywhere like <laughs> i have never heard that before <laughs> so when she told me that story i was just like man you learn something new about players all the time, man. I do respect that. Not really, man. Like, sometimes doing it? Because I do. I RP walk sometimes. I mean, there's going to be videos of me. You'll see playing WoW uh, RP walking. But, like, all the time? Like, everywhere? <laughs> That's awesome, dude. <laughs> uh, man. Anyway, you, you learn shit every day, man. Especially about players, dude. Players are so unpredictable. You hit a certain level, you're allowed to opt into PvP. Anyone who opts in can engage in open world PvP. So one thing I hate about when people talk about opt-in systems is when they also talk about open world PvP. Because it's like, I mean, is it really open world if you have to opt into it? <laughs> Why not just call it opt-in PvP? Or opt-in world PvP? Why call it open world PvP? Open, I don't know, for me, psychologically, when I hear open world PvP, I just imagine like an open world and PvP is just happening. But that's not actually happening because I have to opt into it, right? In open world PvP, this also leads to wars, which is where PvP was its most fun in the last alpha. And we put a lot of work into making war more wars, which is where PvP was its most fun in the last alpha. And we put a lot of work into making war more fun. We've added siege weapons, more defense, we've added more stages to the war. When you start to play this, you're going to see how this is how we really meant PvP to be. Will it be possible? This is how we really meant PvP to be. I found that interesting, though. Because if it was how they originally meant for PvP to be, why didn't they just originally focus on it? Was it just like they were confused? They made a mistake? We make mistakes, right? But I just find it interesting to put it that way. I like to really analyze this kind of shit because I have to read between the lines, you know? That's why I'm wearing a fedora. Why else would I wear a fedora if I'm not going to, like, psychoanalyze shit? Not touch PvP at all. If you never want to PvP, 
you can absolutely avoid it. Okay, so that's a key part to listen to. And not touch PvP at all. If you never want to PvP, you can absolutely avoid it. I believe that as players play through the PvE experience, they're going to eventually want to try it and get a taste for it when they get comfortable with the combat style and the gameplay. But it is... Uh, I don't know, man. Have you seen ARC servers, dude? If Jade's still here, I mean, there's ARC servers that people just PvE in, man. They don't PvP at all. But ARC is a game that has enough content to support just being a dino tamer, you know? Versus, like, is New World the kind of game that can have a PvE-only server and it actually function in the same way as, like, ARC? No way. Right? No way. There's not enough content to do. At least from what's been publicly released so far, like... Ark had an entire loop built around PvEing, right? And raising your character, sorry, raising your dinos and, and creating your own bases and protecting your dinos. And then waking up and somebody killed all your dinos. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was the PvP server. <clears throat> when you can avoid PvP, 90% of people will avoid it. And and that's in my experience as well. I'm not going to say 90% because I know like statistics is one of those things where it's like 50% of, or what is it? It's like 90% of statistics are made up. <laughs> uh, I would call myself a medium to high skill level player in MMOs and I never feel confident in PvP. It's a whole new beast. 40% of the time, the stats are right every time. <laughs> it's 50% or it's 50% mental 100% of the time. Or, or what is it? It's like... There's a, there's a bunch of really good memes about statistics. 90% of the time, it works 100% of the time. That's another really good one. Absolutely uh, a gameplay path that you can do it without ever playing in PvP. So during the alpha, when players would um, come across another, another player, they would kill them, all your loot would drop. You would kind of go back to zero. What's the state? All right. So I, I really, 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 really want to dive into this shit now, especially after hearing this, man. So... You notice how when he asked him the question, when he said when you die, you'd go back to zero? I'm actually going to counterpoint that. You don't go back to zero. By definition, you don't go back to zero, right? How do you go back to zero? Your character stats remain the same. So that's not zero, right? Zero would be if your character died, right? And you had to make another character. You still have a character. So dying and losing doesn't mean you go back to zero inherently right another thing is not everybody who died in the game was a criminal so not everybody was losing all of their stuff anyway you were just losing the stuff in your inventory <clears throat> excuse me and so i don't like that they framed it in a negative way because that is framed negatively like Try and convince me otherwise that this doesn't sound like it's framed negatively. They would kill them. All your loot would drop. You would kind of go back to zero. What's the... Like, you're not really going back to zero, man. <clears throat> I think that's the wrong way to look at it. My voice is... I did my WoW review, a voiceover, this week. And it was like an hour of voiceover footage. So, <clears throat> that's why I look under the weather and I am under the weather. And that's the hardest part, man, is I do my voiceovers in like almost one go. And I just bang it out in the same day, dude. And, and it's just like, as Jade, I'm sure, can attest to, it, you, you're surprised at how tiring it is to just talk for an hour. <laughs> right? Like, not just talk, because right now I'm just talking normally. 
but like really talk like in a video like blah 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 and this video and like you know really getting into it. <clears throat> um, second. <clears throat> I'm trying to save my voice. If they compensate you for killing a player equally with the full loot, I'm fine with that. Well, back to zero in terms of players getting killed for their garbage. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, what if you were a player running around with like five pebbles or something, and someone killed you? Like, would that guy then go tell people of the story of how he went back to zero? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you feel like, dude, you had like five pebbles. <laughs> Did you really go back to zero? Like, if anything, you were already at zero. <laughs> Like, if you had five pebbles to your name and you got killed and that's what you lost, like, five pebbles wasn't a whole lot in the first place, man. So I guess technically you didn't have zero. Technically. But kind of didn't have a whole lot. <clears throat> Having danger in the world makes it exciting. That's my opinion, Ithamir, but uh, I always get seen as being the angry PvP guy, right? When I just want good conflict, PvE or PvP. In fact, I'm the guy who advises PvE content to get way more dangerous. I want roaming mobs. I want mobs to level up. I want mobs to be able to take your gear. Like, I want mobs and, and AI NPCs, like, to dominate an MMO. Like, I, I would think that that would be awesome. But nobody has the balls so far to do it. They just want to do, like, very instance and safe PvE content. So it's like, I don't think a game just has to have PvP, right? I love roleplay. I play d and I mean, like, I can roleplay as well. I'm wearing a fucking fedora, right? But um, PvE-wise, it's like, I want PvE to be dangerous as well. Like, to go back to Ark, which you guys know I rail on that game all the time. Or frequently, I should say. I rail on Wildcard more than I rail on Ark. But I, at least the mobs are hard to kill in that game. Like, at least the dinos will mess you up, you know? I like that there's at least some level of danger. Um. I get so sick of hearing my own voice, and I don't script either, so I do a bunch of takes. Yeah, I script, and I still do a bunch of takes. <laughs> like, I should say, well, I don't know what your definition of a bunch is. For me, a bunch would be, like, doing it, like, three times. Like, trying to do an entire sequences three times, for me, would be a lot. Like, that's a lot of voiceover. Depending on how the game is structured, death in PvP should be, at most, a minor inconvenience. Or, at best, a minor inconvenience. Oh man, I lost everything on the beach in Daisy. <laughs> yeah, I know. You lost your replaceable um, compass. You lost your replaceable uh, hatchet. And you lost your backpack. Your noob pack. Hey, nerds, do you mind if I throw an idea at you? Sure, battler man. Imagine if mobs in an MMORPG acted like a strategy game AI. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I've actually had that exact idea as well, where um, I thought about it in terms of like a node uh, or NPC relationships. So as you raise NPC relationships with a certain faction, they'll actually get more um, people in their faction. Like they'll get a better army. You can give them better gear, more money and resources, which makes them have better stats. And, sorry, not better stats, better economy, which does increase increase their stats because they had better education. And then if you have a high enough uh, renown with a certain faction, you could actually like use their soldiers and command them to go attack other areas. 
like I've had this idea in MMOs and I haven't seen it done yet. And it's like, it's funny because I'm very open with my ideas with MMOs because it's not like somebody can just like make an MMO tomorrow and just like steal the ideas. You know, like even if they did, I wouldn't care because it'd be innovation. So, so it's like, <laughs> it's, it's just funny to think about because like a platformer, you could come up with a super original idea. Somebody could have a platformer just like it tomorrow or like, you know, like a couple of weeks. But like with MMOs, <laughs> we could sit here as a group, like all of us in chat come up with like a hundred different awesome MMO ideas and we won't see them for a while. <laughs> it's just like your imagination can run wild, right? Full loot is good when you have some way of replacing items. What about limited loot? Like half your inventory is semi-randomly uh, selected. The rarer the item, the lowest chance it appears. So you mean basically, Pernath, you mean like Asheron's call system where it was based on kind of like a a dice roll in terms of value <clears throat> again more ideas better ideas than just removing it i think for sure as in they ex focus on expanding growing numbers and upgrading troops yeah exactly so how it would go is you'd start on a map battler man and there would be a couple of factions and you could interact with these factions aid them and assist them and then they could grow in size get bigger cities bigger um, territory control they could then use their sphere of influence to impact other areas, other villages, take other areas under their control. You could also have a part in that. You could use their forces to attack other factions and, and things like that. Or you could see that faction and just destroy them and wipe them off the face of the map. You could do that as well. But again, just like players will realize in a virtual world as they realize in the real world, attacking everybody all the time isn't actually a good idea. It's, it's like... um. There's a lot to cover here because there's a lot of like topics that are getting discussed here in terms of PvP. But one thing you'll hear people say a lot is like, oh, every PvP or and I've read this on Reddit like just days ago on the New World Reddit, on MMORPG Reddit, like people actually believe this shit. They say stuff like, oh, well, like PvPers just want to fight and kill like weak players like all the time. And it's like, okay. So by that logic, then, me being a martial artist in real life, does the same thing apply to me? Do I just learn martial arts just so I can beat everybody up? Like, think about that. Like, do professional fighters become professional fighters so they can just fight for free in the fucking streets? Like, you know what I mean? Like, do you, like, spend years of your life learning martial arts just so you can beat up, like, the, the old lady down the street? Like, why is it that we look at PvP, for examples, and then we, like, ignore the real world? It's like, yeah, do some people use their powers for evil? Yes, of course. But it's more because of the game, right? It's more because the game is flawed. It Exactly, real players do want challenge. They grief when there's nothing else. I totally agree with you, Jade. Especially you coming from a survival games background, you know better than me. Like, people grief when there's just... They don't know what else to do. Like when people are playing Rust and they're trying to not or lock you in with furnaces and shit, like they're doing that, man, because they're just bored, dude. They don't know what else to do, you know. And I've played a few hundred hours in Rust, and it does happen a lot. Sometimes you just get bored, dude. You just go out and you run around naked, just start start trying to shoot people, <laughs> start trying to get pickaxes and break into people's bases, just because you're just bored. Like what else is there to do besides just kill, right? But it's it's annoying because it's like you'll hear people say like PvP 
all PvPers just want to take and kill, and it's never about equal fights. Fair fights. You'll see fair fights mentioned all the time, too, and I'll get into fair fights in a second, but it's like, if that applies, then why am I not running around with my martial arts skills and just beating everybody up? Like, why? Because what point is that? For one, it's free, so I'm doing that for free. It's risky. What if someone shoots me or stabs me, right? Like, I'm not invulnerable. What if I get jumped or something? Like, it's risky for me. And third, why would I go through all this effort to learn a martial art and get good at something so I could beat people who have no experience with martial arts? It's not just for people who are inexperienced. Martial artists learn martial arts to practice them against other martial artists, right? That's why we spar against each other. We don't spar against randoms off the street. Like They don't bring <laughs> Grandma Jane in the gym and say, all right, lace them up, Grandma. And we just start teeing off on her. Like it, That's beside the point, right? So yes, do some people have a desire to do that in real life? I'm sure they do. There's some bad people out there in the world. But not everybody who PVPs or likes PVP, which is a facet of life, by the way, just wants to like beat up grandmas or people who suck, right? Oh no, we're going to rant about fair fights today, man. We are going to uh, rant about fair fights. How's the MMO reviews going? I finished... The voiceover and the script for the WoW review, which I will talk about actually in a little bit. Um, I'll have to get through this next topic though. Let's let's keep going with the video because I want to talk about some more things that were brought up in this. In, uh, New World now. So now for the open world opt-in PvP, the penalty is really time. Uh, the time it takes you to get back to where you were. We're not going to have you lose anything. Um, so time is not a penalty. Let me let me say this. Time. I keep pressing this damn big face one. Let me move this down. Time is a horrible, horrible, horrible measure to only be the thing that keeps people from killing. I can tell you from personal experience. Um, has anyone ever played WoW and got camped in that game? Even when like you weren't worth any honor? Like, I, mo most people have been killed in, in like theme park games for no reason. Like, you don't lose loot. You don't get shit from it. They don't get shit from it. Like, who has not just been like farmed in a theme park game? For basically no reason. Like, it happens. So, like, is killing that person enough of a deterrent to stop them from doing it? I will tell you from my own personal experience of PKing people, it isn't. And, in fact, it's a big point that I mention in my WoW video is, um, and I would tell people in my guild this all the time, why are you guys so afraid to, like, go into engagements that you think you're going to lose? What do we have to lose? You don't even lose durability. <laughs> Think about that. In WoW Classic, the proclaimed hard, you know, classic MMO. I don't even lose durability when I die in PvP. So why do I care if I die? Like, why does it matter at all, honestly? I never cared at all when I got killed in WoW. When I got ganked, when I got farmed, never cared. Because for me, it was just like, all right, I mean... First off, I can kill you as well, so he has to also watch his back. But it's also like, um, let's say I couldn't kill them. I would just think, well, you're wasting time doing this. I know that you cannot keep up with having to chase me down or on the map, right? Like, you would have to have, like, a squad ready to come gank me. Because the way, you know, being a ghost in WoW works... You can spawn around your corpse. It's pretty hard to lock a corpse down. I've gotten away from a lot of camps um, since playing WoW. 
Like people have tried to camp me in STV, and I've gotten out pretty easily. Like not even really hard because again, <clears throat> it's not like I was dodging people left and right. I'm just seeing where they're at. Okay, here's my corpse. All right, where does it say I can press accept to spawn? Uh, run over here, press accept, mount up, run, or pop my speed ability, run away. But like, what does dying in the game really do anyway? And there's no consequences for it. If it's just time, to me, it's not enough of a consequence. <clears throat> we found that players found that crushing to not only get beat up, but to drop everything they had on them was a bit much. So we've softened the blow on that. The player winning the war, or winning the, winning the battle with another player, will still get some rewards. So there is uh, incentive to flag yourself as PvP. Um, can you That's a good point, Lunarity. Um, Lunarity said, want to prevent players from inflating the economy? Tax them. Uh, are players killing other players? Prevent them from going into cities easily. Yeah, it's almost as if we have laws and, and rules in place in the real world that could possibly apply to video games. But because we keep looking at MMOs as just video games, I think it's kind of limiting our potential a little bit. What about that? Yeah, we, we haven't fully refined the system yet, but we are going to give you bonus. But we are going to give. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, we, we haven't fully refined the system yet, but. Yeah, we, we haven't fully refined the system yet. I don't even know what to say, man. It just seems weird that they would admit that. Like, so there's been a prevailing narrative surrounding all of this because they've announced, when's the game going to launch? Can someone tell me that in chat? Isn't it like April or spring, right? Isn't it in like three, three to four months? May. Okay, so five months. Is May considered spring or summer? Which I know that's controversial, so I'm not trying to derail chat. April's closed alpha. Thank you, Semper Pidelis. May's closed beta. April beta. All right, I'm, I'm trusting Jade. He probably knows. Jade, Jade says May, the game's launching. April's beta. So, um, five months, right? Less than five months. Almost four months now. About four months until the game launches. You're saying things like you think this is a good idea. And then you're also saying that you're not really sure. Ah, so apparently we're going to get access in February. Good, because I'm curious to see how all of this is going to play out. But, um, so yeah, so that's about four months, right? And then they're going to be closed beta testing it in April, which is just two more months from now, right? Sorry, three more months from now. So in three months, they're going to be closed beta testing it. Closed betas are typically seen as you've got a lot of your core systems already in place. Wouldn't you guys agree? So, can somebody tell me why, or how, <laughs> not, not why, how they're going to have a tentative system on one of the most impactful and controversial aspects of their game, change it after months of no communication about it, test it, 
and then launch. Like, that seems like it's going to be really difficult to do. Honestly. It's very late to change this stuff. If they said it was just to test combat in alpha, I understand the changes. But all the talk about what their players are saying, it's always the main focus of having open PvP. Yeah, it, it was always the focus. And I think that's why it's, it's a bit worrying, right? Like, if PvP in the open world was the main focus, it means it was a content focus in the game. So if we don't have the PvE we expect from a game like Stardew Valley, or a PvE we expect from a game like Terraria, or PvP, or sorry, PvE we expect from a game like Starbound, um, or more examples, right? Those are PvE sandboxes, right? Focusing on PvE, I should say. We don't have those kinds of content, and we're now making this big switch towards that kind of content. We're testing in three months, launching in four to five. How on earth are y'all going to have the time to test this shit, dude? You start by fudging it up badly that 50% of your player base leaves a few weeks into the game's release. Yeah, you know what? This, look, I'm going to put my, you know, cons conspiratorial uh, fedora on for a second. But, um, somebody in our chat, um, in Discord actually raised the point that this seems like they're kind of rushing it to get it out because they want to all hands on deck on the new Lord of the Rings MMO. Don't shoot the messenger. That wasn't even my conspiracy. That wasn't even my idea. Heard that from somebody whose opinion I actually take kind of seriously, you know? He's an educated guy. He's even making his own MMO. He puts his money where his mouth is. He brought up that idea. Are they just trying to get it out so they can move on to the next one? Because we know Lord of the Rings Online MMO is definitely going to have the Lumberyard engine, right? They're not just going to abandon this engine they've spent years on making. So if that's going to be the same engine, makes you think, man. We've said it from the very beginning. But after the announcement of Lord of the Rings Online, the MMO, the newer MMO, I should say, I told you guys, my hot take was that New World was going to look pretty similar. Or Lord of the Rings was going to look pretty similar to New World in some respects. And that if we weren't going to hear anything from New World, they were either going to cancel the project or they were just going to launch it really quickly. Well, launching it really quickly seems, or quickly seems like the best of their options from a company perspective. Um, but maybe not the best perspective for us, the consumer, or the player. So, yeah, let's try and finish this thing. But we are going to give you bonuses for being flagged for PvE. It doesn't matter. Like, WoW tried to do that. It doesn't matter, guys. Like, War Mode was a cool idea in theory, but it was a Band-Aid fix that WoW, or sorry, that Modern WoW tried to fix their game with. Like, I remember people telling me when I was getting into BFA, like, oh, man, it's going to be the game. War Mode, dude, it's going to be banging. And I'm sitting there running around. Anyone remember that meme? <laughs> that John Travolta meme? That was me. Like, I was where is everybody? Where's the war mode, guys? I was war mode the entire time I was leveling in BFA. But where was everybody? Well, it's almost as if you give people the chance to flag and throw on some paltry rewards. They don't really care, honestly.
PVP. So you might get a little more experience, you might get slightly better rewards when you're flagged. Um, all of this stuff is totally attainable while you're playing PvE, but it adds more risk being flagged for PvP, so we want to make sure you have more reward. So we talk a lot about- Wait, what? I'm, I'm confused by that. It adds when you can flag for PvE, PvP system yet, but we are going to give you bonuses for being flagged for PvE, PvP. So you might get a little more experience, you might get slightly better rewards when you're flagged. Um, all of this stuff is totally attainable while you're playing PvE. All of this stuff is totally attainable while you're playing PvE. I don't, I don't understand what that means. But it adds more risk being flagged for PvP, so we want to make sure you have more reward. So we talk a lot about um, large-scale PvP. I mean, look, having uh, bonuses for toggling is pretty much a must, right? You kind of have to if you're going to do a toggle system. I just don't think it's the most effective solution. Is it going to be more of a uh, instant scenario, or is there going to be large-scale PvP in the open world? I think both are going to be options. Our war, it's, I wouldn't say it's instant, but it's 50v50, and no one else can enter. Man, this is a horrible day to be tired on. My brain's just too tired from these, these ideas, man. Am I the only one that's like crazy here? Like, anyone else have a hard time understanding that? I wouldn't say it's instanced, but it's 50 50 and nobody else can enter. So, 50 50 is instanced players, like wise, but you're out in the world? That seems like a technicality to still call it open world PvP, right? Isn't it, yeah, isn't it just a glorified battleground? Like, does, um, do we consider Cyrodiil and, um, uh, World versus World to be considered open world PvP? I don't really hear people call it that. I hear it's either, like, faction PvP, faction versus faction, realm versus realm. Those are the words you typically hear people use, right? Realm versus realm, um, faction PvP. Maybe even, like, a... Uh, a world versus world versus world and Guild Wars 2 or something, but like, I don't know, 50 versus 50 seems like it's like, first I, I wonder how they got to that number. Oh. Number. Never mind. <laughs> no comment. World versus world is like realm versus realm. I kind of treat it like the open world, a very small open world, but it's not a true open world by any experience. So the reason why I'm taking the, the time to like pick through this part, you're wondering what matters if it's a slight contradiction and it's actually instance. Well, you advertise the game as an open world PVP focused game. So now you've come out and said that the game is actually slightly more PVE focused. And you said, actually, open world PvP is not really a big thing because we have opt-in PvP anyway. And so if you want to have PvP, you actually have to engage in war, which means it's going to be instanced PvP. A.K.A. you can't engage in that PvP unless you're actually in that quote-unquote instance. So it just changes a lot. Like, I, I think, honestly, like reading the comments at first, I thought it was just people being mad about the fact that it was, um, they were removing, um, being killed and losing your stuff and how it was like an opt-in system. I thought that was the majority of the drama. 
But after reading through this myself and watching through it myself, I feel like it's a little bit more complex than that. Enter the warp. So once you're in this area, we shield everyone else out. I thought he was just going to leave it like obtuse and not explain it. But he actually even said it shields everyone out. We shield everyone else out. So once you're in this area, we shield everyone else out. In the open world PvP, groups can absolutely form, and that could also end up being large scale. It just depends how organized people get. Is there still a criminal system in the game? In the original alpha, we had a criminal system that players could, you know, they would get flagged as a criminal and there are penalties to that. Um, how does that work into the current version of PvP? Because you're opt-in, you really know there's no need for the criminal system. Everyone Disagree. He's made that decision to get there, so we've removed the criminal system completely. Territory control is really important in New World. Uh, does the way territory changes hands um, require PvP? Absolutely. If you own a territory that I want, I have to get a group together, my company, and we're going to have to declare war on you. It's not a group. It's not a group, bro. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. I hate being pedantic. I'm not a pedantic person. If you guys meet me in real life, you'll be so shocked that I'm not pedantic at all. Like, but I'm pedantic about shit like this because I'm not just a group, dude. It's a guild or an alliance. 50 people is not just a group. Group, by MMO definition, has been five people. Like, look at historical MMOs. It's nearly always been five people. So it's not just a group of players to go capture a territory. It's a guild of players. So you can't just go with your friends and cap a territory. Because you won't have enough people. That's why it's significant. So it's not, it's not actually as simple as like, Hey, me and my buds want to go take some territory. Let's go do it, you know? Got 50 buds? I don't know about you guys. I don't have 50 buds. The winner of that war takes ownership of the, com of, of the, of the territory. Other than the, at the very beginning when all of the world, no one Whoops. owns anything. Sorry, keep doing that, dude. You get a territory without war. So in New World, will there be PvE dungeons and raids and those, those types of things? They're not going to be like you traditionally would expect where you get teleported to one. There will be bosses in the world that require groups to work together to overcome, similar to like world bosses. We may end up growing down the path of adding dungeons and raids. We talk about it a lot. Our bigger bosses. We may end up growing down the bosses. We may end up growing down the path of adding dungeons and raids. We talk about it a lot. Our bigger goal is to get, get what we have in front of players. And start to see what they want and where they push us and help us kind of I can't disagree anymore man and again I've met this guy he was really nice to me but that doesn't mean I can't disagree with you from an idea perspective I 100% disagree you can't make a game in the good faith of your audience when your direction is basically let's see what our audience wants that's I'm, it's just not really how you make games, dude. I know it seems like that maybe because you're thinking like, oh, well, we just see what our players want. We just make the game for them. But who's your audience? What if you don't know who your audience is? You are already making a game for your players and now you've made a different game. So like, is that your direction or was that the direction of your players? Like, I'm just, 
I feel like it's just easier to just, as a developer, stick to what you want to stick to, and then use the advice, use the criticism, use the feedback to inform that. But to take their feedback and basically be like, let's redo our game, I don't know, man. That seems super risky, dude. You just got asked if you have dungeons and raids and a PvE more so focused game, an MMO, and you said not really? What PvE player is hearing that and is excited? They'll need something to keep players playing uh, other than hordes. It feels like they're prepping for early access, not full price. Anyway, got to go. Good to catch you finally uh, live. Or sorry, anyway, got to go. Good to finally catch you live. All right, man. See you later, Jade. Have a good night, because I know it's probably late as fuck over there. Does this guy even know what's going on with this game? May, might, we were thinking, not refine. See, it, it seems like we're being armchair psychologists here. And I'll keep pressing that button to the end of time, apparently. But like, we're not being armchair psychologists. When you're making effective language and you're trying to communicate to your audience what your direction is, you shouldn't be using subjective, or sorry, not subjective, but like conditional words like maybe, we'll see, uh, not yet, mm, what, mm. May, maybe, may, we might, we might. We were thinking, it's not completely refined. Those are not good things for me to hear. The game's so close to launching. Shit, dude. Maybe I should make an MMO based off of a straw poll. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Good luck. <laughs> the big thing IMO is uh, they're shifting the direction so hard. I think that is why it's coming across like this. I Look, I'm not going to put all this on Scott. Obviously, developing isn't one dude's job. I think what happened, and hey, I can say this as I'm you know able to say things like this. I think Amazon told them, here's your deadline. Or else. Basically. Here's a deadline where the game ain't launching kind of thing. Just a hard deadline and you gotta pick the pieces up. We heard the feedback. We checked our metrics. We want the game to be more viable at market. So change these aspects. That's kind of what I'm feeling. That's kind of what I'm feeling. It's like that one scene from Ratatouille. You don't even know what your game is. And you're releasing it. Yeah, exactly. Sniffleus says, Daddy Amazon wants a paint-by-numbers games as a service, if you ask me. I think that's a very fair opinion, especially with big corporations, which are in towards profit. I have a big brain take. They took the hardcore PvP to take their advice, but now is slowly changing the game to cater to the masses. 200 IQ. It makes sense, dude. Like, start by making your game niche, and then make it not niche. Like, duh. Why didn't we think of that? Why didn't everyone think of that? Yeah, no, I, I don't blame the developers there as much. I think the developers are in a rock and a hard place right now where they want to make changes. They want to do something. It's their job. They're getting feedback from the players. They're looking at this. And then Amazon is telling them this. And it's just like, it must be a hard job. All right. What else do we have in this? Take the direction. During the alpha, we had a lot of issues with high-level players going down and killing new players who had no experience and no opportunities to explore what New World had to offer. What steps did we... So, again, the guy asking the question, which I mean, I'm assuming is a guy from their company, 
He's asking things in a very particular way, and I don't like that, man. I don't like the framing. During the alpha, we had a lot of issues with high-level players going down and killing new players who had no experience and no opportunities to explore what New World had to offer. What steps did we take to address that? Well, the opt-in PvP system is a huge step toward that. You have to be in a faction to opt into PvP, and you have to be level 10 to join a faction. So the earliest you could ever even... So there's no danger in the world up until level 10, period. And there's barely any danger after that. You contemplate PvP as level 10. And I think most players will want to wait just a little beyond that and get a, just get a little stronger foothold on how the combat and the gameplay works. There is no scenario. I should say danger as in PvP. You wake up on the beach um, PVE hasn't been a big danger yet. One of maybe the that's really going to change. PvP and war is the idea of more of PvP by appointment. Uh, what are some of the bonuses to having that? Well, the big one is you don't get the group that logs in at two in the morning and comes and attacks your stuff when you're not there. So you you can actually be present to defend it. It also allows. I don't mind that change, honestly. I think that's a good idea. In fact, I told them that appointment times around when they play. Right. So hey, our whole we all get off work at six. We're all home at eight every night, ready to play. We want to go to war around eight or nine o'clock. Someone else might like work night shift, and they might want to find a group that has wars happen around two in the afternoon because that's more convenient for them. It allows more players to experience the feature around their schedule. If you're going to pre-order New World, the Deluxe, or Standard Edition, obviously one of the benefits is getting into the closed beta in April. What are some of the other... Alright, I think that's it with this one. Now, there actually was a post that accompanied this as well. And the post is a little bit juicier. And I should say, a little bit rantier for me. Um, let me see if I can find it, because of course, I have a link, but it's not really the link I want. Um, okay. Alright, so, it looks like some of this stuff was taken out of context, by the way. And when it's taken out of context, sometimes I can change the way things come across. Um. But I found this article on uh, New World. New World just took a hard turn away from PvP Slugfest. And the hardcore PvPers are not happy. It says, one of the problems we have... This is coming from Amazon Game Studios. So this is what we just heard in the video. And then they said... Um, this often led to solo or group, or sorry, group griefing scenarios that created toxic environments for many new players. To be clear, this behavior was not shown by all PvP players, but enough to cause significant issues. We set out to build a compelling world full of danger, an opportunity that begs to be explored. The intended design was never to allow a small group of players to bully other players. That is dangerous, by the way. I'm sorry, like... It's not nice. It's not PC, guys. But being bullied is a danger. Like, I grew up in a hostile environment, like, where I was the white kid in a Hispanic neighborhood who's, I'm actually Hispanic, but I look white as hell. So, like, I grew up in a bit of a hostile environment in the sense of, like, I didn't really fit in as well, right? And so I always kind of kept to myself because I didn't want to get bullied, right? But like bullying is a part of everybody's life in some way. Like we've all had to deal with it in some kind of way and it bullying is danger. And so like I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I mean it's part of it, right?
it's part of danger. So I don't know if I would have raised it like that per se. You have the situation where a group of 10 guys in an elite always go hunting one dude over and over again. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. My takeaway there isn't all of us are going to get bullied for the end of time. Go do a martial art, guys. Trust me. They'll stop bullying you. Because even if you can't beat them up, bullies don't want to pick on somebody who fights back. So they need more tools to fight back, Amazon. Not just remove the whole system, system, system. Anyway, um, let's see what else we have here. Any other good quotes that I wanted to react to? Um, no, okay, no. So there was something, though, that I wanted to dive into, and it was a thread on the MMORPG subreddits, um, and it was about this. It was somebody saying, why everyone should be wary of New World. Um, I thought it was a really well-done post. The guy basically compiled a bunch of, like, previous information gave like what the new update is on the new system that's been uh, introduced with the updates and then talked about a little bit of commentary. So you don't see a lot of quality threads here. Um, <laughs> it's MMORBG subreddit, but this was a quality one. All right. So there's one thing that I've seen mentioned over and over and over again. And I'll link this just for people curious. I'm going to mention something that's just been bugging me all week since I've heard about this topic. And even I've had a bit of a discussion on my Discord about this. People have talked about the word fair. Fair. Fairness. Fairness and competition. Fairness and PvP. What's fair, right? It should be fair. It's all about being fair. Okay. So let's dissect what fair means, right? Because it's, it's kind of hard to explain, right? Okay, so... All right, so I'm going to show you guys what I believe to be the perfect example of fairness, right? Here's LeBron James just dunking on people. I don't know about you guys, but I can dunk on people that easily as well. Can anybody else in chat dunk that easily? I can. Right? All of us can. Right? Oh, wait, wait. We're not LeBron James? We're not 6, 8, 200 something pounds? Been playing since we were like in elementary school? We don't have like the genetic advantage to jump and leap through the air and shoot really high and be really athletic? So, when LeBron James is playing against other players, is it fair that he can do these things against them? Like, let's think about fairness for a second. Is it fair that somebody could just have an innate advantage at recognizing patterns? Or at being quick on their feet? Or jumping high? Or... Say, for example, like a guy who's 6'8 bodybuilder, strongman, sorry, 7 foot strongman, like the guy who played the mountain. Is that fair that he's 7 foot? Like, is it fair? 
is being born to poverty fair? I'm I'm asking these questions like partly rhetorical, but I'm trying to to drive a point home. Was it fair when X nation declared war on X nation? Was it fair when a bunch of civilians died in the conflict? Was it fair when somebody's grandma died in a conflict? Like, is fairness really what we talk about in war, right? And conflict? Like, is fairness really that important? I kind of think fairness, guys, is a meme. I think fairness is a meme. That's my, that's my hot take. Fairness is a meme. Because if life wasn't fair, we could create our own characters. How come I couldn't create my own character? Why couldn't I create my own character? Like, why did I have to spawn with my own attributes? Like, that's not fair, dude. Let me make my own character. Like, when I was born, I wish someone gave me a character sheet and said, here's your strengths, traits, skills. Let me roll on some shit. Like, why couldn't I customize my character? Well, you ever heard that saying? Life ain't fair. It kind of isn't because it doesn't care about being fair. Life on its own, right? Ecosystems, the world, life isn't about being fair. Fair is actually what we as humans have essentially created as a means of um, advancing our philosophy and our um, general well-being, right? Because if we can care about fairness, right? Like giving people equal opportunities is good for us as a whole, like people as a whole. But does that mean everybody is fair, right? When you compete, is it fair, you know? Like when somebody you compete against has innate advantages over you? Is it fair that they have way more time in their day because you have a kid, a family, and you can't play as much? Is that fair? Well, fair is a weird thing to talk about, right? Fairness seems like a weird concept in these concepts. And so I hear fairness mentioned a lot when it comes to PvP. People say, oh, it's, it should be about being fair. But open world PvP isn't about being fair. Because when you win, one side wins generally because one side played better. But here's another crazy thing. Sometimes not even the best person wins. As a big MMA fan, I watch a lot of fights. It's one of those like sports where like, shit will just happen out of nowhere. Like a guy just gets knocked out or submitted and you're just like, what? This is crazy. And it's an upset. Like recently there was a, a person who was like a seven to one underdog who just won a fight by finish in the second round. On paper, it looked like the person they were going against had an unfair advantage. Physically, they were gifted. They had like, they were younger, more athletic, like all these different things going for that person. And the other person won. And so, like, why did the other person won? Or win, rather. Well, there's a number of reasons, right? Maybe it was not their day, the other person's day that day. Or maybe the other person just had a really good strategy. But would their same exact strategy work the second time? Not as likely. My whole entire point is, is like, when it comes to fairness, nobody really cares about fairness in competition. Nobody really cares about it as a spectator. When we watch dudes dunking through the air and running, like, four 440s, and they're like, 250 pounds that's not fair dude I, I played football in texas you know how fair it is to play against guys who are six eight 250 pounds and they can run faster than me <laughs> that ain't fair right 
but it doesn't matter, right? Like fairness isn't really the big concern. And so let's talk about fair PvP, right? One versus one is considered fair, right? Wouldn't you guys say? Is one versus one, one player versus another player, is that fair? Would that be fair? Yeah, right? Seems kind of fair. Okay. What if this player plays 20 hours and this player plays five hours? What if this player has been playing MMO since he was <clears throat> seven years old? What if this player, <clears throat> this is his first MMO? What if this player has better gear? What if he has better stats? What if he's higher level? What if he has the high ground, General Kenobi? What if all these other things, right? There's so many other factors. What if the sun's in the other guy's eye? Like, what if you're in a sword fight and the sun just gleams right into your eye and you lose? Is that fair? No, there's so many aspects that go into like a conflict between another person um, or an entity, really, that basically ignores like what's considered fair. Because if we look at MMO PvP by nature, it's not fair. And here's my examples. In a MOBA, everybody starts at the same level. Everybody starts with the same amount of gold. Everybody starts with choosing one character and buying a couple of items, right? Everybody starts with that. Basically, it's like the same, right? It's fair, right? Wouldn't you say? But is an MMO a MOBA? No. And why is that? Well, progression, persistence. Those are big reasons, right? Your character doesn't just reset their level every game. Wait a minute, that's not fair. What if this guy's a higher level than me and he kills me? Well, he's a higher level than you because he's been playing longer than you, which also means he's probably better than you. Unless you don't want higher level players to kill lower level players, don't enable it, period, right? But there's so many things that come into a, a PvP fight in fairness. Even in a one versus one, I don't see it as fair when I play against most people. Why? Because... I mean, I'm wearing a fucking fedora. Like, I've been doing this shit since I was, like, seven. Like, I've been playing MMOs since I can remember playing games. And so, it's like, for me, I feel like I have a huge innate advantage over people. Because I understand how the games work. Because I know how to do key bindings. Because I have the mechanics to pull off the complex rotations, right? Is that fair, though? Is it fair? No. It's not really fair, right? That I have to go against somebody else and we're like fighting against each other like in a one versus one. And yet I have all this previous like history. That's not fair. But does it matter if it's fair? Probably not. If a five man group beats a 20 man group, everyone would be like, wow, dude, that was so impressive, dude. Wow. You guys took out a bigger group. Right. Okay, what if the 20-man group won? It wasn't fair, dude. It wasn't fair, man. It's not fair. That's my experience, and I'm not even exaggerating. It's like, any time someone would die in my group, like, when we'd be playing, like, Darkfall, it'd be because the other group zerged you. And we have this concept in Darkfall, in open-world games, called zerg numbers, where you take their number and you, like, triple it. <laughs> so, like... If we lost a seven versus four, we'll see. Damn, there's like 20 dudes, man. Like 20 dudes. There's like 20 something dudes, man. It was just not fair. They just, they overwhelmed us, man. It was just not fair, dude. 
It wasn't 20 dudes. It was just a few more dudes. You know, it's like, when the 20-man group beats the 5-man group, nobody bats an eyelash. We're just like, nah, it wasn't fair. But when the 5-man group beats the 20-man group, is that fair? Why is that considered fair? What if those five players are much better players? What if they've been playing since the inception of a game, right? It's not about being fair. And to use real-world examples, it's not fair how uh, war works, how battles are won, right? For example, a little bit of Texas history, since you guys know I'm from Texas. Our, we have a very close, um, deep history with Mexico, our bordering country. We had the Mexican-American War, where Texas was trying to win its independence. There's a lot of history that goes into that, but basically, long story short, Americans came to Texas. Mexico was like, yo, come check out this land. Americans went there. Then uh, Mexico was like, yo, taxes, and you guys need to listen to us. Americans that came to Texas were like, nah, we're good. So then America was like, yo, you guys want to join? In a nutshell, right? That, that's like the, <laughs> the five-second spark notes of uh, the Mexican-American War. And a war was fought over that. But I love talking about this war because there's a very particular moment when the war becomes won when it otherwise wasn't going to be won. So the, the Mexican army was way bigger than the American army and was, if anything, way better prepared to fight in the, in the given lands, right? They were more familiar with the territory and they had better supplies. But uh, Santa Ana, the Mexican general, had marched his like, I think it was like 20,000. It was, a, it was a big amount of troops. He marched his troops nonstop because his idea was if we surprise them at this given battle, we could end the war in just one initiative, right? And it was a pretty bold move. And so he was like, all right, I know everyone's going to be tired. We're going to be marching for like, I think it was like 26 hours straight or something ridiculous. So they marched people straight. And then finally, getting a little bit comfortable, a little bit cocky, a little bit tired, they were like, all right, Let's take a break, man. Let's just relax. Let's get some rest and we'll attack first thing in the morning. Well, on route to going to where they were going, there was a scout. And the scout was releasing a message. And guess what the message was? Warning the other Mexican generals about what Santa Ana was about to do. Guess who captured and discovered the scout? Any guesses? Right? This is a cool bit of Texas history. I don't know if a lot of people know that. Guess who caught him? Well, the other side did, and he told them everything. So they attacked them while they were sleeping in their camp at night. And it was said to be a massacre, like so much so that like General Houston, who was the general of the, the uh, American troops, had to tell people, stop murdering people, because like, they were just murdering people, right? Because of all the battles, all the history. I'm not going to br break into all that. Go you know, watch like a documentary on it. But point being is they attacked them in their sleep. Is that fair? Is that honorable? No. But they weren't going to win otherwise. So, like, why didn't they take their best chance to win the war? Which is strike a huge blow, capture the biggest general in the entire army, and decimate his forces. Like, it sounds like I'm talking about, like, video game shit, but this is real life. Like, history and wars and stuff like that. Like, the History Channel talks about stuff like this. AMC. Um, it wasn't fair. It was a damn good mood, right? It was a good strategic decision. They caught them when they were sleeping, right? Like, that was a, that was a pretty good move. Um, I bring up that example just to imply basically like, 
when it comes to PvP in an MMO, if you make it based on fairness, nobody's ever really going to care, dude. Like, it's net fairness will never be a deterrent for people. <laughs> and I'll tell you straight up, I do not care at all about what's considered fair. All I consider when I'm playing a PvP game is, do you have something I want? And do I want to take it from you, basically? Like, is it worth the risk? If the answer is yes, I don't care what circumstance. If you are attacking a mob and you're 5% HP, welcome to the game, buddy. Welcome to open world PvP where it's not about being fair. If I walk up to somebody and they're downed on the ground in a, in a full loot game and I see their corpse there, guess what I do? I message them and I tell them, hey man, come back to your corpse. Like, maybe you could do that. Nothing wrong with that. I've helped noobs, for example, people who have like newbie over their uh, title in Darkfall, get their gear back from mobs and help them kill the mobs and things like that. But a player who's not, and he has good loot. You know how he gets greeted when he comes back to his corpse? With an empty corpse. Because I took all his shit. Because we're playing a lootum game. Where the whole purpose is for me to get loot. And get more powerful. So why wouldn't I take his loot. If he slipped on a banana peel. And his character died. Just because it's about honor and fairness. It's like. No. No. No one really cares about that honestly. That being said. Have I been a part of anti-PK clans before where I purposely go out in the world and kill other players who are evil, mean players? Yes. But let me tell you, that percentage of player is like, I wish I knew the statistics, guys. It has to be from like 5 to 0% of a player base. Very, very, very few players in my uh, experience, and I've played many full loot games, give a shit about honor. Like, yeah, like, there's two people in chat who just said they care. You guys are an outlier, dude. Most people don't give a shit, dude. <laughs> they don't. In fact, they'll go a step further than what I did. They'll keep killing you to take more of whatever you have, right? I'm more interested in, like, if I look at a guy's loot and it's shit loot, I leave it a lot of the time. Like, for example, there's been times where I've killed players in Darkfall. I'll look at their loot and I'm like, oh, man, y'all don't have anything worth it. So I'll leave the guy's loot, message the guy, hey, I left your loot, man. Thanks, dude. Goes back, gets his loot. We move on, right? But like, if he had a nice sword or 100,000 gold or some shit, hey, man, I left some stuff on your... <laughs> I left some stuff on your corpse. You can go pick it up, right? But I'm not going to just leave the money there because of the honor of the situation. Because again... As I've already illustrated with all of these examples, nobody really cares about fairness, right? Like, that's why we like watching the top-level athletes, the top-level players. Because it ain't fair when they style on people, right? Those guys are so good. They're so good it ain't fair. You ever heard that saying before? That's the whole thing. You can have honor code and all, but you cannot in any capacity expect people to do the same. And that's kind of where I'm coming from, Pin Zero, is like, um, you know, there are people, and I actually do know, like, uh, I know people personally who actually like playing anti-PKs. Like, they like to kill player killers. Um, that's kind of how we met, actually, <laughs> funny enough. Um, but that being said, that doesn't mean I have to also be that way. Or I don't also expect somebody else has to be that way. You know what I mean?
yeah, there's a reason I avoid PvP. Well, I mean, it makes sense that you said you like honor and you avoid PvP <laughs> because, I mean, it's kind of, they don't really go well together. I'm the type of guy to loot everything. Actually, speaking of honor, one thing we used to do in Darkfall that was honor-based, and again, this was just because there's like barely anybody playing the game, we realized like, you can't just keep killing every player, right? Is like, if we ran up on a group, and this was just my clan, most, if not every Darkfall clan I've ever been a part of otherwise, didn't do this. So like, let me reiterate that, this is a super outlier situation. But in my very specific clan we had, what we would do is, if it was just like one guy, we would send our like low or least experienced member to go fight them one on one. So we'd be like, hey man, this is yours. Tag him in. So we tag the dude in, boom, he'd come in and have to kill the guy. If the guy beat him, we would res the guy and let the guy live. Or sorry, we would res our teammate and we would let the other guy live. Um, if he killed that player, he would gank him and take his stuff. And that's kind of how we did it. And it's like, that for me is not really about honor. It's just more about like, what's the point? And zerging a guy down if you're not really going to get a good uh, experience out of it. So it wasn't about fairness, right? It was about we want to get enough reps in, right? We want to get enough practice. To, to use a, a martial arts example, because you guys know I love using those. When we spar with each other... We're not trying to kill each other like a fight. And you might ask, well, why? Like, aren't you simulating a real fight? Yeah, but if we tried to kill each other every single sparring match, how would we have enough health <laughs> and energy to keep going? You know what I'm saying? So, like, we lower the intensity, but still train the movements. That way you can, as best as you can, train for as long as you can train. So, like, in the case of having a guy go fight a one versus one, or maybe there's two guys, we have them fight a two versus two. That's more so because we know we can kill them with five people. And so it's like a foregone conclusion. So why not send two people in, one person in, to give them some more experience, you know? But um, again, that's the only case I can think of in Darkfall where we did, like, honor-based shit. If you want to call that honor-based. Sounds like my circle of friends in Guild Wars 2. No, trust me. The guys who would play with us, they hate on us sometimes. They'd be like, dude, don't send me in, man. Come on. And, like, there's this... <laughs> There's this one guy, and I'm not going to say his name because he probably still watches my content, but um, and uh, he would get really mad when he would lose, <laughs> and so we'd send him into like dungeons and stuff to go like PK like the one guy that was there, and when he would end up losing, he'd be like, come on, guys, don't let him gank me, don't let him gank me, <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and sometimes maybe we would let him get ganked because we're like, hey, you attacked him, dude. You bit off more than you can chew, you know? It's your own fault kind of thing. But uh, we did have people who were like, come on, don't send me in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly, uh, Pranath. It's like, it's like being a soldier in war. And somebody's like, dang, you're a soldier in war, huh? You lost your arm in the war? No, I lost it in sparring. What? Send in the least experienced player to fight a single rando sitting in a camp. Yeah. No, that's what we're talking about. Um, so, hey, uh, Daedalus, thanks for the Prime subscription. That's three months. Welcome to the Nor Club. There's your little tip. And by the way, I saw some people mentioning um, something about the fedora. The fedora is part of the podcast. So if you don't like me wearing a fedora, I don't care. I don't wear a fedora in like every single day life. 
So if I want to wear a fedora when I'm doing a podcast, I'm going to wear a fedora. And in fact, if somebody doesn't want me to wear a fedora, you can just come talk to me in person and tell me not to wear a fedora. But nobody does that because I don't wear a fedora in person. <laughs> so let me wear a fedora in my room and make my own podcast. He also... Ooh, I never know how to pronounce that stuff. All the, uh, the weebology. All right, um, I'm going to finish up here because my uncle's coming. We're going to go get some food. But um, I'm going to open it up to you guys for questions. So go ahead and rapid fire some questions at me before I leave today. I know we said we're going to talk about the game development stuff. I'll actually just hold off because we're going to make a big announcement about the project and volunteer and asking for volunteers in the coming week. So next podcast will be the new podcast format and also the big announcement for like um, volunteer work and what the scope and drive of the project is going to be. Remember, we're working on an RPG project in Unity that we eventually want to make a cooperative RPG that way down the line we want to turn into a multiplayer, maybe a massive multiplayer game. I think Eve should rename Eve Alpha accounts to Cannon Fodder. Speaking of inexperienced players. <laughs> Go straight MMO out the gates, yeah. <laughs> no problem, man. I'll just do that with, like, I don't even have enough funding to buy a new detective outfit. And you guys think I can afford developing a game? <laughs> I tried joining your Discord with the link in your Twitch panels, and it says the link is expired. Um, It should just be discord.gg slash nerdslayer, so I, I need to change the panels, actually. Oh, let me see if that actually account settings uh, uh. let's see they've changed a lot of stuff in twitch so i'm not quite sure where to look for all of this stuff um panel maybe i just saw somebody type into chat as i clicked away they were asking me if tomorrow is guild wars 2 so yes um to Thank you for mentioning that. <clears throat> so the WoW review, I just finished it up as I told you guys. And if y'all want some statistics on that while you're asking some questions, so go ahead and ask me, uh, ask me some questions now, guys. At me in chat if you have any questions. I'm going to leave if there's no questions and after I'm done explaining what I'm saying now. But um, if you want to know some numbers about my time spent playing WoW Classic, um, I've spent a total of 391 hours playing WoW Classic. After my review is done, I spent about 30 or so of those hours at max level, which is not a whole lot if you think about it. Um, I completed the Molten Core and uh, Anixia raids. I've done, I mean, I can't think of a dungeon I haven't done. I've done pretty much every dungeon in the game. Um, Horde side, I should specify. I've PvP'd since basically I could. Like as soon as I could start PvPing, I PvP'd immediately. Um, what else should, is important to talk about? Uh, I've got some purple epics. That's cool. Um, yeah, I think the process to make the review when I did the math was 60 hours. So in total, I've spent 450 hours on uh, on playing WoW. Do I have Rockdalar? No, I've, 
Dude, someone in chat was, or sorry, someone in my raid was like, oh, we can do the leaf, or we can get you the leaf. And I was like thinking to myself, I was like, I appreciate it, but like, I don't really care about gear treadmills. Like, I'll be honest, guys, that shit ain't really interesting to me. I haven't been interested in games like that since I used to play Diablo 1, you know? Like, Diablo 1, and more recently, Diablo 2, when I went back and tried that, like, I'm not really interested in loot em up games if there's no loot that you can take from players, typically speaking, after I've experienced that. <laughs> for me, looting from NPCs was like up there, and then I experienced looting from players, and it was like the next level for me. But I still like action RPGs, and I still like games where you can loot them up. But geared treadmills, as in like you have to do a once a week raid and maybe get a chance to get the gear, honestly, like if I have to be completely honest about it, Nothing sounds more unexciting to me. Like, sorry. Like, I'm not trying to say it's not fun for you guys. You can't enjoy it. But I don't find gear chasing fun at all, basically. So, uh, no, I'm not getting Rock Tolar. In fact, I didn't even get the leaf drop on my... <laughs> whenever I did Molten Core, but eh, it happens. You think it's still worth to get New World after this info came out? Thinking about getting, a, uh, thinking about getting it while I wait for Cyberpunk. So my advice with any MMO, really, honestly, is just don't buy it unless you're willing to lose money and you and don't buy it if you don't think you're going to get enough value for the money. So if you spend 50 bucks on the game, at least try and get like, you know, 10 hours, you know, for five dollars an hour, 40 hours, maybe like, you know, get something like that in there. Like. All right, guys, I've actually got a dip. Uh, my uncle's outside, so I'll see you guys later. I'm going to go get some food. Um. I'll tell you more about the classic review uh, next podcast when I have all the format figured out. Like the past three days, I've been just, I've had company over and they've been really busy for me because I was finishing that WoW review. I had two days back to back where I was like worked to like 7 a.m. in the morning because I'm weird and I hate working during the day. So I'll work late at night. But then with the bad thing about working late at night is you can't work late into the day. You know what I'm saying? You work late into the morning, which is like, totally ruins your sleep schedule and you can tell <laughs> it ruined my sleep schedule thanks leva and uh, also thank you everybody for stopping by and watching episode 67 of the podcast 68 is going to be a new leaf it's going to speaking of leaves <laughs> uh, rock to leaf no, I'm just kidding, but it's going to be a new leaf and i'm excited to make the round table a big focus of the podcast i'm also excited to bring card on to do his uh little news segments and above all else I'm super excited. Like this whole week, I'm going to be dedicating to game development stuff. I'm going to have the documents, the design documents figured out, and I'm going to have the um, the volunteer paperwork, you know, forms and all that stuff figured out. So if you guys want to get involved, which remember, it's open to everybody, as long as you're just willing to learn whatever you want to learn, whether you want to be an animator, a graphic artist, whether you want to write, whether you want to um, code, or whether you would like to be a game designer. I'm sure we can find some kind of task to have you guys helping us uh, on with the game. And uh, not to mention, you can learn the process yourself and take those skills and apply them to another job, potentially, or another place, another project. And then if you contribute, you can get your names in the credits. You can get that uh, portfolio built up. And above all else, you can work on something as a community together. I apparently have something in my eye. Anyway, I will see you guys uh, next Monday. I'm excited for that day, and uh, until then, have a good rest of your day and a good rest of your week.